Hello, I'm Maria from Axe Play in Hudson, New Hampshire. I need Hampshire. to get some we new shirts for customers. my business. Just call Sal. Does he do screen printing also? Just call Sal. Does he embroider shirts too? Just call Sal. I also need business cards and brochures. Just call Sal. How about yard and lawn signs? Just call Sal. And promotional products to give my customers? Just call Sal. Who is Sal? I'm Sal. My wife Jennifer and I are the proud owners of Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. If you need embroidered or screen printed shirts, business cards, brochures, lawn signs, promotional products, and even personal protective equipment for your business or organization, just call me or stop by our showroom, conveniently located at 410 South River Road in Bedford, right off the Everett Turnpike. You can also visit our website at fullypromotedsnh.com. That's fullypromotedsnh.com. We are your one-stop shop for all your promotional needs. Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. Our business is to help you grow your business. Just call Sal. Hi, I'm Tony Joyce from Joyce Cool. Commercial lending at our big bank is a process that begins with AD, that's application data, being sent off to HQ headquarters. Sounds like that could take a while. <laughs> it will. At Franklin Savings Bank, our commercial lending decisions are made locally, resulting in faster loan approvals. Drop into any of our Lakes Region or Southern New Hampshire branches, including Merrimack and Goffstown, to find out what we can do for you. Or visit fsbnh.bank. Franklin Savings Bank. Together, we are community. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in Southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Etchstone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at etchstoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Next up, you'll be listening to United Way Community Connections with Mike Affelberg. United Way Community Connections. United Way Community Connections broadcasts every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. right here on WSMN. In United Way Community Connections, you will be introduced to leaders from all of the great nonprofits in Greater Nashua, from caring for our children to our seniors, from helping our homeless pets to our at-risk vets, from learning the skills to get your GED, to dealing with trauma and substance abuse. Community Connections is the place to learn with Mike Affelberg about what's going on. Learn how you can help and make a difference from the experts. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show, which is making a difference in Greater Nashua. Here's your host, Mike Affelberg. Well, good Monday morning, and welcome to the United Way Community Connection Show. I am your host, Mike Affelberg. We are here on WSMN 1590 AM, 95.3 FM, streaming live on WSMN.live. Streaming also on Facebook. If you look for the Community Connections radio page, there's a live stream there as well. And, of course, where you're on your smart speakers. If you have an Alexa or a Google Home, just say, hey, uh, Alexa or Google Home, play uh, play the uh, Community Connections radio show on WSMN 1590. And it'll come right up. And I do not know how that works. That is technology that is way beyond me and my old uh, boomer mentality. But uh, it works and it's pretty cool. So you are listening to the Community Connections Radio Show. We're here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. talking with the nonprofits in our community about what they're doing to make Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, safer, healthier, and happier for all of us who live and work here. So each week we will interview um, typically two different organizations. 
about what they're doing to make our community a better place for those of us who live and work here. Sometimes it's small organizations. Sometimes it's big organizations. Sometimes it's well-known organizations. Sometimes it's relatively obscure organizations. You know, so over the course of a year, if you listen to the show every single week, my goal is that you're going to have this sort of, you know, you're going to be smarter, right? You're going to have this Rolodex in your brain of all the organizations and programs in our community which are doing a great job. And so when you're sitting around and you maybe hear about somebody who has a need, you know, we have holidays coming up. Maybe you're at the Thanksgiving table and one of your one of your adult children says, hey, a friend of mine just lost their job and, you know, they're kind of falling on hard times and uh, really looking for resources to get – uh, you know, back on their feet, you'll have a whole bunch of different answers for the for your uh, you know f- to pass along of ways in which there are resources available to connect to, and of course, of course, always include in that resource list two one one, which is the state's referral resource um, program funded by United Way that helps to connect people to all of the organizations in a community that can help out. So that's kind of the big goal, right, that you can help out and be prepared for those questions. Um, I think everybody wants to do that. I think that's kind of basic human nature. I believe in this concept of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, where we have basic needs and then higher level needs. I think long forgotten in the hierarchy of needs is the need to be helpful. And I think that's very basic to human nature. We want to help. We want to provide resources, support, do whatever we can for our fellow man. So that's a great reason to listen to the show. Of course, there are at least uh, you know many other reasons. One of them is that we have a very giving community. We have a lot of volunteers. Sure, sure enough, we see that at United Way. We also have a lot of um, great donors, people who like to give uh, financial resources, open up their wallets, and maybe give back because they can. Um, and we have a lot of people who do both, frankly. Um, and the question's always going to be, where do I give my time, my money, my energy when I don't really know who's doing what? And so here's your easy answer. Learn what we're doing in the community and listen to what's going on and that'll maybe you'll learn something that'll speak to your heart and by doing that you'll uh, be able to be more effective with your with your personal ability to give back to the community so we have two great organizations coming on today we have the new hampshire commission on the aging which is an organization it's actually a statewide commission um, appointed by governor and council and uh, they focus, of course, on aging, issues related to aging. We are, in fact, one of the most rapidly aging states in the country. You know, the demographic here is surprisingly um, in, and increasingly tilted towards seniors. And uh, more so than other places that you might not think about. You know, you, when we think about aging, aging demographics, aging populations, we always think about places like Florida, you know, the Sun Coast, um, maybe Arizona. You don't think about places like Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont, which are, in fact, aging at a m- more rapid um rate than other places in the country. So we're going to learn about a little bit about them and what they're doing to help create resources and provide information and uh, make sure that people in, in, in our state age health in a healthy way. We also have our good friends from the Nashua Teachers Union coming on. So Adam Marcoux is going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. 
And Adam um, has been on the show before. We're going to talk about all things education. Of course, the teachers union is represents uh, the the you know the educators in our community, not just teachers, but also guidance counselors and uh, custodial staff um, and others, and food service, for example. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on, sort of post pandemic. We're in this weird time now where the pandemic is in our rearview mirror, kind of, sort of, mostly. But certainly our educational system is going to be dealing with the fallout from the pandemic for many, many years to come. And uh, that's just what happens when kids are effectively pulled out of school for a long period of time and disconnected from one, each, one another. So our teachers are really you know, critical in making sure that we get back on track. So we're going to talk with Adam about that, which is exciting. In the meanwhile, I would want to talk with you. I always want to talk with you about, you know, our weekends because our weekends are so important, right? So I don't know what you did this weekend, but I had a pretty great weekend. At United Way, we actually had an event on Saturday. We had our second annual cornhole tournament down at the Milliard Brewery. It was, in a word, fabulous. It was great. We had, you know, about a little under, I think, 19 or 20 teams who participated in the event. Um, it's a double elimination tournament, so everybody got to you know play at least two games. You know, if you lost both of them, you were out. But um, you got to play at least two games, which is fun. So we had a, just a great tournament. It lasted. We started at one with gameplay, checking at noon. Started at one, and we were done around four o'clock. Three hours of gameplay. Um, had some people who were just awful. Um, and we had some people who were surprisingly good, and we had some people who were really good. And all in all, the most important thing is everybody had a good time. So Milliard Brewery did a fabulous job serving up some brews for for our for our our players. Um, they're they are just a great host. We do it right in their parking lot there, and uh, they did a great job. They had a, a guy come and playing some music. Um, all afternoon on his it was his electric guitar and doing a little singing and that was nice kind of added some ambiance we had our friend kendra from soul sisters and her food truck there and uh, kendra's food is amazing so soul sisters was there and we had a lot of great sponsors too many to name all of the sponsors sponsors um can can uh become a lane sponsor or they can become a naming sponsor. Naming sponsors is the bigger sponsors. I want to do recognize them. We had our friends from Southern New Hampshire Health who for the second year in a row were naming sponsors. So thank you to Betsy and Southern New Hampshire Health for your support. We really appreciate that. We also had brand new to the scene, GM Roth Remodeling. They were one of our naming sponsors and they had actually four or five teams playing and one of their teams actually took, I believe, second place for the tournament. So thank you to GM Roth and your crew. Uh, you guys were a lot of fun. And uh, last but not least, right across the street from us here at WSMN is uh, the brand new location for Shaheen and Gordon, attorneys at law. They're um, coming to our community. One second, I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> Holy moly. Did you hear that? Okay. The sneeze heard around the world. So um, Shaheen and Gordon were there and, uh, as naming sponsors as well, we're really grateful for your support. So overall, a fabulous event, really great, um, time and, uh, all in all just really enjoyable. 
So Sunday was a little bit of uh, you know personal time. Sunday got to go to the theater. We have um, a uh, uh, theater near us, the Portsmouth Repertory Theater, where my wife and I like to go occasionally. And they have um, they're currently playing Sweeney Todd. Now, if you don't know the story of Sweeney Todd, I can give it to you in a nutshell. It's about a barber who has life difficulties. His wife, he thinks, is murdered or dies, but she's taken from him. And his daughter is um, sort of like kidnapped by somebody. And this is um, a story from the 1800s, actually. And so he goes a little bit crazy and um this you know so he actually goes on a killing streak and he so he murders people in his chair and um delivers the bodies to um his the owner of his building who happens to be a meat pie maker by the way this takes place in london so meat pies are a thing and she converts the cadavers into meat pies for all of the public to eat now you put that into a musical, and it is really <laughs> quite a thing. So it was entertaining, um, a little bit disturbing, I must say. And one of those shows that you have to think twice: Do I eat before or do I eat after? Because if you eat before, you might you might um, you know not be able to hold it down, and if you eat after, you just might have lost your appetite. So Sweeney Todd playing the Portsmouth Rep, it was pretty good. Um, it was well performed, but very disturbing, very disturbing indeed. Um, yet not quite as disturbing as the Patriots losing by three points in overtime in the final seconds of the game. All my Patriots fans, I'm very sorry for you. Um, I'm not one of you, but I am sorry for you. Um, you're now, I think, one in three on the season, and that's hard. And my team, the 49ers, um, after they play tonight, will probably also be one in three. Right now I'm just one in two, but I'm going to probably be one in three after Monday Night Football. So we're all suffering through football this year, and um, that's sad. And I listened to WEEI, that's the radio sports station, on the way in to work today. And, um, yeah, that just – they were interviewing Bill Belichick, who's always great on the radio. He's great in an interview anyway. But the coach was just sort of like, you know, how I don't, I can't even do my best Bill Belichick voice because it, there's no emotion. He's like – Bill Belichick, I'm sure he's not, but he on the radio, he's like dead inside. So he was talking about the game and how they're like down to, I think, their fourth string quarterback now. And, you know, he played okay and they would maybe do some things different and the blah, 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 and whatever. So, anyway, um, nothing for you to garner there from the information that I'm going to pass along because there's nothing to pass along. But what I did hear on the radio station, which I thought was fascinating and has nothing to do with sports, the guys were just talking. And they I did not know this, but did you know that the Hefty Bag Garbage Kit Bag Company came out with a pumpkin spice smelling garbage bag this year? Now, pumpkin spice is something which many of us find to be a disturbing sign that the seasons are changing, and others really look forward to because they like their pumpkin spice donuts and lattes and whatever. I happen to be not such a huge pumpkin spice fan, but I'm not a hater either. Um, 
Well, apparently these hefty bags started out at like $7 a box and quickly sold out. And now they're selling on eBay for like $100 a box for pumpkin spice smelling garbage bags. Now, you might not learn anything else today as you do your job and go about your day. But but remember that. Remember that. Pumpkin spice garbage bags, $100 a box um, on eBay. If you come across some, you know, this might be your golden ticket. I don't know. I'm just saying. So we do have a great show today. We're going to take a break in a minute just for some, in, um, give our sponsors a chance to talk about themselves. Um, we have some great show sponsors, and that includes Edstone Properties, Franklin Savings Bank, and fully promoted Embroid Me of Southern New Hampshire. I do want to mention that United Way these days, we have a lot going on. Most of it's on our website. You can see that. We're right in the middle of our community investment process cycle with volunteers evaluating grant requests. And that's um, really a terrific process. So many great volunteers. We have our sleep out coming up in two weeks. That's October 14th and 15th at Nashua Community College. Information about that can be found on our website, unitedwaynashua.org. Unitedwaynashua.org. We'd love to see you there. We are also planning a day of caring around food security using um, working with one of the local farms to do a gleaning day where we harvest some of their product, um, like summer squash, well, winter squash, that kind of thing. So to help to fight um, off hunger in our community. So lots going on at United Way. More information, of course, at our website. So we're going to take a break now, give our sponsors just a chance to talk about themselves. And after the break, we will be right back with our friends from the the New Hampshire Commission on Aging. You're listening to the Community Connections Radio Show, and I am your host, Mike Affelberg. I need to get some new shirts for my business. Just call Sal. Does he do screen printing also? Just call Sal. Does he embroider shirts too? Just call Sal. I also need business cards and brochures. Just call Sal. How about yard and lawn signs? Just call Sal. And promotional products to give my customers? Just call Sal. Who is Sal? I'm Sal. My wife Jennifer and I are the proud owners of Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. If you need embroidered or screen printed shirts, business cards, brochures, lawn signs, promotional products, and even personal protective equipment for your business or organization, just call me or stop by our showroom, conveniently located at 410 South River Road in Bedford, right off the Everett Turnpike. You can also visit our website at fullypromotedsnh.com. That's fullypromotedsnh.com. We are your one-stop shop for all your promotional needs. Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. Our business is to help you grow your business. Just call Sal. Commercial lending at our big bank is a process that begins with AD, that's application data, being sent off to HQ headquarters. Sounds like that could take a while. (laughs) It will. At Franklin Savings Bank, our commercial lending decisions are made locally, resulting in faster loan approvals. Drop into any of our Lakes Region or Southern New Hampshire branches, including Merrimack and Goffstown, to find out what we can do for you. Or visit fsbnh.bank. Franklin Savings Bank. Together, we are community. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in Southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edgestone offers highly valued 
residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. Elliot's into the wall! It's contact with Kevin Harvick! Well, good Monday morning and welcome to the United Way Community Connection Show. I apologize for that harsh break um, from like music and stuff. I saw they put some things on my music in my queue, which I didn't want to use. And I don't know. I'm not really the radio guy. I'm just kind of a fake radio guy. So uh, yeah, you're listening to the Community Connections radio show. It's Monday, October 3rd, 2022. We are all about bringing organizations and nonprofits to the air to talk about what they're doing um, to make our community stronger, smarter, safer, healthier, and happier for all of us who live and work here. Today, I'm joined in the studio with two guests, Rebecca Sky and Beth Todgem. Beth is, well, she just said in as before in the break to me, she's like the volunteer who can't say no. That is actually true. Beth has been a volunteer with us at United Way for many years. She's worked with us on a lot of different programs, everything from Day of Caring to the Volunteer Income Tax Program. Um, she's worked with me as a me as a volunteer commissioner in the city's grant-making commission, um, and she is also a volunteer with the Commission on Aging. So she's actually a commissioner appointed by the governor and approved by the executive council, which is pretty darn cool, I think. And then we have Rebecca Sky, who is the executive director um, for the commission, and she's been in that role since 2019. She was actually on the radio, she reminded me, a couple of years ago. I have, like, you know, it was BC, it was before COVID. So BC for me is like, I don't remember what happened to BC. I barely remember what happened during the pandemic. But Rebecca, thank you for coming and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And Beth, thank you for coming. Welcome to the show. I'm going to ask both of you to pull your microphones way closer to your mouths. Um, otherwise, I might not hear you, and our radio listeners definitely won't hear you. <laughs> so, Rebecca, why don't we start with you? Talk a little bit about the commission. How long has the commission been around? What's its role? What, do, what does it do in our state to make a difference for those who live and work here? Sure thing. So, the commission was established in 2019 by the legislature. Um, we are... It is comprised of a smart group of people, of uh, elected officials, governor appointees, and state employees from various state agencies. Um, our role, our charge, is to guide, um, provide guidance to the governor and state le legislature on issues related to aging. 
Um, we do this in a variety of ways. We we reach out to the public. We ask uh, folks to to let us know how how it works in their communities. How is it to age? You know what's what's good, what's supportive, and and what's not so good, what's not working so well. Um, and we also do a great deal of study of the issues, and uh, we compile briefs, and we share our information with the governor and state legislature. I mentioned in my introduction before, like in the beginning of my show, that aging, um, that New Hampshire is a rapidly aging state, that it's it is. aging more rapidly than most other places in the country. Last I heard, it was like number two correct oldest, by median by age. median age okay mm-hmm. just behind like what vermont or maine 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 and so when people think of uh the demographics in our country they usually think of places like florida you know arizona maybe they don't think of um you know the new england states as being these aging aging sort of islands Oh, and, and yet we are. And uh, so one in, in five of us is over the age of 60 currently here in New Hampshire. I, maybe even in the studio for all I know. <laughs> oh, I think that percentage is much higher. <laughs> well, it's, it's uh, yeah, so it's really important because there are so many things that go along with aging. How do people stay involved? How do they stay connected? How do they stay healthy? How do the rest of us support the services that might be needed? All of that, right? Right. And in addition, what a wealth of experience older adults bring. Um, so much Absolutely. to contri- contribute to all of our communities uh, in so many different ways. And, and so um, I think it's part of our culture to discount um, people as they age, uh, all of us as we age. And that's unfortunate because each one of us every day is aging another day (laughs) you know i think that is so true i look at the volunteers that we have at united Mm -hmm. way and the volunteers that i see in the community in general and so many of those individuals are um people who have a lot of life experience and they bring just a whole perspective that's different than um than young people do not necessarily better but different for sure different different and and um what resilience too um, you know, we, you just mentioned the COVID and, and, um, just, I'd look at the oldest of the old amongst us and, and how they've, uh, navigated COVID, uh, such resilience. So that's something that we all can learn from. Absolutely. Rebecca, Rebecca, you happen to be the executive director for the commission. Is that right? Correct. Is that also an appointed position or how does that work? Uh, no, no, I'm actually, um, hired by the state government to do this role. Um, our commission, I am um, the only full-time staff. We just right. got um, a communications and, and uh, community engagement director part-time, and that's the full staff for the commission. Um, otherwise, it's 26 members who work very diligently um, throughout the year. We have um, a full commission that meets monthly. People can access that meeting either um, via Zoom, which you can, they can find the link on our website, or they can come to our meetings, which the physical location is also on our website. Um, but in addition to the commission, we also have uh, four task force who who um, it's a, a number. Of the com- it's a smaller group of commission members who get who focus on a particular uh, topic and and dive deep into the issues. That's fantastic. Now I'm going to turn to Beth if you don't yeah. mind and say, Beth, so you must do something on this commission, right? Uh, a few things. A lot, um, lot, a little louder if you don't mind. A gotta, few things. Okay. Uh, I, I kind. Do you do the newsletter? I do the newsletter. I saw a button on the website that says click here to get the newsletter. Yes. Um, I kind of got involved by watching the Zoom meetings last year. 
And at one meeting, they mentioned that they were looking to pick up a, a newsletter that was previously done by... Um, I'm having brain. Engaging NH. Engaging NH. Thank you very much. Um, And I um, kind of raised my hand or whatever you do for a Zoom meeting and said, I think I know how to do a newsletter, um, which I did, and I volunteered to do it. And we're actually in issue number 12. Wow. um, In October. So we'll be celebrating our first year. What do you focus on with the newsletter? Anything and everything. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think that certainly the issues that older adults are facing, uh, we always try to um, address or at least make people aware of what ageism is and how they can combat it when they hear it in the community. Um, current events, I mean, the next couple of months, certainly Medicare enrollment will be a, a mm-hmm. hot, hot right. topic. So, and then just whatever comes across you know, like I, I do a lot of Facebook research, but then we're also getting more and more people and organizations providing us with information that we can pass along. So it's, you know, it's been fun for me to do because as an eight, um, an adult who's aging myself, I, I'm curious about a lot of things. And right. so that kind of manifests itself in the newsletter. I go, oh, if I need to know that, maybe there are others too. So it's been of really course that's of, true, right? You know, it's been uh, it's been very fulfilling for me to be involved with that and with the commission because I'm I'm just really impressed by the meetings and the information that are shared at the meetings, um, the the willingness of people to come and tell us about different issues and what's going on, and the individuals who are commission members who then take that information out into the community and do a better job, a, a great job of, you know, like covering the issues that older adults are facing. So it's been, yeah, it's been good for me. That's so. wonderful. I appreciate you giving back in that way. That's, that's tremendous. Let me ask you the commission meetings, is it monthly or quarterly or how frequently does the commission meet? Monthly. Monthly. And those meetings are open to the public? Absolutely. Okay. All right. There's a physical location. We're still... COVID has made things a little funky. We were, were originally meeting in the State House, and uh, now we are looking for a new location. But we that will be it's always posted on our website uh, where we're physically meeting, and as well as the Zoom link, um, people can join uh, via Zoom. That's interesting. I'm on the commission, the uh, governor's higher education commission. Mm-hmm. So same as Beth, an appointed commissioner, and it's COVID, the same thing for us. Moved us around. We went we're totally remote. We're, then we were hybrid. Now we're back fully in person. We, we had to, we went up at Granite State College, mm-hmm. which has a really great location. Just just to FYI, is a oh, really great know. location, <laughs> and it's uh, you know it's Concord. So a lot of uh, it's pretty central to the to the state and. Uh, um, has worked out well for for us. Um, anyway, so I guess couple of points. What Rebecca can you tell us that is going on at the commission that really people should know about these days? Okay, so um, well, a couple things. So the meetings we just talked about newsletter. It is really fabulous. It really, really is. Um, 
Beth should not sell her sell herself short. It is wonderful. Um, we also do annually an older adult volunteer award. We are always looking for nominations. Um, starting in January, it'll be advertised in our newsletter, and, it'll, and information will be on our website. Um, we're really looking for people who are contributing to make their communities better, and we would love nominations for that. That aside, um, some issues that we are studying that I think will be coming before the legislature this year really center around um, creating a long-term services and support system of care. The problem is, is that as we age, we don't necessarily plan for needing services to help us maintain our independence uh, until something happens, an emergent situation like a fall, and then all of a sudden we're scrambling and we're not in the best mental state at that point to, to manage that scramble. Um, many people find it hard to learn about what services are available. Um, they also have a hard time navigating the system of care. Um, so there's an effort this year um, by advocates to put together um, a bill that will look at creating a long-term services and support system of care, looking to improve access to home and community-based services, um, creating awareness to them, um, creating awareness to ServiceLink, which is a great resource um, in every community to be able to learn about services and increase funding to ServiceLinks to uh, help them um, build navigation supports. There's also part of that will be to um, bill, um, is likely to amend uh, CFI reimbursement rates. CFI is Choices for Independence. It's a Medicaid program to help people a access home and community-based services. Um, the rates have not kept up with inflation at all. And finally, um, there's um, there will be elements of it to develop um, the direct care workforce. Um, part of the reimbursement rate problem is is that there's the pay for direct care workers is is pretty low, and and they have and organizations have a hard time competing with the likes of of Target and, and McDonald's and every other organization in town. So um, there's you know, even if you can pay full price, it's hard. People have a hard time finding those um, direct care workers. You know that is. Uh I got to tell you that is so true. I my wife happens to be a CFI case manager with Gateways, oh, okay. so I know just a teeny. Well, I know what she tells me, which is generally not very much, but um, I see her day in and day out struggles with getting caregivers to be, even though um, a, a client might qualify for services, getting somebody to provide those services at the rates in which there is payment is really tough, and and it, it makes you think really long and hard about aging when when you look at you know you can't get an in-home caregiver you can't get somebody to you know come and maybe clean or maybe you can't afford to whatever it is it's mm -hmm. really it's really Light it can be really rough yeah absolutely mm -hmm. good well, that's already great now your website i just went on your website and it is www.nhcoa.nh.gov that's new hampshire Commission on Aging, nhcoa.nh.gov. And I'm sure that Beth is responsible for this. She, there's like a big, huge, the only thing that's a different color on your website is the big yellow button that says <laughs> subscribe to Aging Matters. It also happens to have the largest type of anything on the page. Um, and it's the only thing that has a red bounding box. So I'm, I, did you have something to do with that, Beth? No, but everybody <laughs> works together to make it happen. So, <laughs> so if you want to find the newsletter, that's you might not be able to find anything else. You can find the newsletter. That's the big button on the homepage. So that's great. We need to work on that. But you know, I love it. It's awesome, actually. You know, yeah, the most important thing sometimes is the newsletter, right? Because it is. that's where the information is. Um, 
So what percentage of uh, population in New Hampshire is currently, would be considered um, an older adult at this point? I, th- I suspect that's 65 and older. Okay. so Is that right? Well, there's there's you can... I, I think those of us who are trying to work to counter ageism really does not want to put everybody in one bucket. Because so it's not you, really the old retirement paradigm. No. Because, well, it's because not when it's, you get, I know it's not when you get your AARP card. I can tell you that because my <laughs> wife got me one when I was like 45 years old. I'm like, what who's, in the world? What? Who's to say? Yeah. And I'm like, well, but there was a discount. I got a discount on a rental car. So I'm like, okay, I am aging then therefore that's okay <laughs> a 20 year old is aging a 15 year old is aging. sure we're course. all aging so i and i think that it, uh, part of the you know we get into trouble when we group everybody together so when you think about a 55 year old um as well uh, compared to a 95 year old you know it's that's a broad span and a different span of functionality and people age differently my right, right knee ages differently than my left knee which is you know, my right's a little bit more arthritic. You know, it's just, it's, it's, um, so it's hard to put everybody in buckets. But if you're, generally speaking, people say, um, well, the data is, is that um, one in, one in five of us is over the age of 60 in this state. Um, and I think yeah. I said that at the beginning of the show. So, yeah. You know, I, guys, I just looked at the clock, and this is shocking to me, but it's already 940. We're out of time. We're out of time. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Um, Beth, I wanted to thank you for coming on the show and being just such an amazing volunteer, not just with the New Hampshire Commission on Aging, but everything you do. So thank you very much. You're welcome. And um, I did also absolutely want to thank Rebecca for coming on the show as well to talk about the New Hampshire Commission on Aging. So glad to. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So more information can be found at www.nhcoa.nh.gov. Lots of opportunities to get involved. Click on the big yellow button and subscribe to Beth's newsletter. And um, thank you guys for what you're doing to support our community through the New Hampshire Commission on Aging. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. So we're going to take a break, um, a very short one, to give our sponsors just a moment to talk about themselves. And when we come back, we will be interviewing our second interview, which is Adam Arcu from the Nashua Teachers Union. You're listening to the United Way Community Connection Show, and I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. I need to get some new shirts for my business. Just call Sal. Does he do screen printing also? Just call Sal. Does he embroider shirts too? Just call Sal. I also need business cards and brochures. Just call Sal. How about yard and lawn signs? Just call Sal. And promotional products to give my customers? Just call Sal. Who is Sal? I'm Sal. My wife Jennifer and I are the proud owners of Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. If you need embroidered or screen printed shirts, business cards, brochures, lawn signs, promotional products, and even personal protective equipment for your business or organization, just call me or stop by our showroom, conveniently located at 410 South River Road in Bedford, right off the Everett Turnpike. You can also visit our website at fullypromotedsnh.com. That's fullypromotedsnh.com. We are your one-stop shop for all your promotional needs. Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. Our business is to help you grow your business. Just call Sal. Commercial lending at our big bank is a process that begins with AD, that's application data, being sent off to HQ. 
headquarters. Sounds like that could take a while. <laughs> it will. At Franklin Savings Bank, our commercial lending decisions are made locally, resulting in faster loan approvals. Drop into any of our Lakes Region or Southern New Hampshire branches, including Merrimack and Goffstown, to find out what we can do for you. Or visit fsbnh.bank. Franklin Savings Bank. Together, we are community. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in Southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate Donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. Well, good Monday morning, and welcome to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Alfelberg. It's Monday, October 3rd, 2022. We are here every week interviewing different nonprofits, organizations in our community that are working hard to make Greater Nashua a place which is stronger, stronger, smarter, safer, healthier, and happier for all of us who live and work here. I am super excited to have in the studio my friend Adam Marcoux from the Nashua Teachers Union for, I believe, I don't know, the fourth, fifth, 12th time. I don't know, Adam. How many times have we done this? It's been several. It's been several, several right? Yeah. But you got a new jacket. I see I do. that. Yeah. Uh, with a new logo and everything. It's 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 pretty. I like oh, it. Thanks. <laughs> Very nice. And of course, we have to talk about sports, sports because yeah. this is not the sports show, but. Um, no, but we could. Your Pats did pretty good yesterday. Yeah. You know, almost, almost a tie. Almost, uh, you know, but hey, the pack is the pack at Lambeau is always tough, no matter what. Every every time you go to the to Lambeau, yeah, uh, they lured me in yesterday with Did, that old feeling of defeat and ugliness. So, well, you're one in three. Yeah, it's the hardest part of the Patriots' season is the beginning of its season this year, so that's mm -hmm. likely to improve. I think. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> You sound as optimistic as Bill Belichick did yeah, this well, morning right now. Uh, uh, yeah, well, we're, on to, we're on to Detroit. That's right. On to Detroit. And the Lions put up 45 points yesterday. Oh, God. Wow. So we'll see how that goes. And the Bills are not doing what the Bills are. Did the Bills win yesterday? They did win. Okay. They did win. Um, but... That was an ugly game. Yeah, I didn't see. I didn't see it. So, so you're one and three. After tonight, I think the 49ers will also be one and three. I'm. I have no hope. I've had my soul is crushed. That's okay. Do you play fantasy football? I do not. 
Uh, see, I'm three and one uh, on the season so far for fantasy football. That's my best start ever. I don't know how that happened, but see, that would make me want to root for people that I may not want to root for. I do that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's exactly right. what I do. I, I have very few 49ers players on my team. I do have George Kittle, though. I'm George is one of my favorites, mm-hmm. so I had to gear up Kittle. He's someone worth having on your team. Well, unless he has an injury, which he has had for the first couple well, of games. So that sounds familiar. Yeah, um, I know. Chris Sale uh, for the Red Sox. Yeah, that's right. So, well, welcome back to the show. Thanks. I do want to talk about education because um, we are we're in a weird. I think we're in a weird phase right now where. It feels like we're almost back to normal with you know, with regards to things like you know COVID guidelines. Mm-hmm. Although there's still some strangeness, like my kid got COVID and she had to you know be out and you know then wear a mask. And so it's like there are it's 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 not what it was, but it's also not you know what it was before right. either. But I think the big thing that I'm interested in hearing about from your perspective is what are you seeing? Edu- you know, educationally is going to be we're going to see long term. I think mm-hmm. um, fallout for many, many years to come. Kids just are playing catch up, and teachers and guidance counselors and custodians and food people—they're on the front lines of this. Mm-hmm. So, what's what is your uh, what does it look like from your perspective? Well, I think you're right. We're getting back to a sense of normal. I think there'll be a new normal. Um, well, I hate that term. Yeah, I know. I don't think COVID's going away. I think it's you know, here to stay right in some form or another. Um, but we're back to pre COVID kind of times, meaning, you know, schools are open, volunteers are welcome back, which is great. Um, there's a different calmness this school year. I'm not saying that everything's hunky dory all the time, but you know, last year we dealt with kids coming back for the first time in over a year and a half. Really? Well, last year was also really weird and contentious. Yes. And, you know, we had, it felt a lot of, it was a lot of the community, some elements of the community against other elements of the community, some elements of the community against the school board, some elements of the school board against each other. You know, we had two superintendents last year, and now we have a new superintendent this year. So it's been like turbulent, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there seems to be some stability. Um, there wasn't the big fights at the beginning of the school year, which right. was nice. Um, you know, going to school board meetings, it tends to be me, myself, and I again, um, which <laughs> is really a sign that yeah. we've crossed a hurdle. Yeah. You know, do I like crowds at the board? Yeah, great. Come out and be part of it. But um, right. pre-COVID, it, unless there was something big on the agenda like um, – class rank and GPA or ath- something ath- around uh, athletics or there was never a crowd. Right. And now, you know, it's back to me, myself, and I. We don't have picketers there at school board meetings saying, we don't want masks or mm-hmm. we we don't, we, we, we have to have masks or whatever it is. Like yeah. that stuff is kind of gone, which is, yeah. which is, we could talk about education. Yes. Yes. We're back to that, which is nice. What a great idea! Talking about education. So, talking about education, um, the uh, teachers union. Obviously, you represent the vast, vast majority of people who work in the schools. Um, those are your members. Mm-hmm. And what are some of your priorities, your educational priorities, right now? Well, it's getting people first of all. Um, hiring, hiring people. Um, I'll tell you, 
food service is struggling. Yeah. We can't find food service workers. Um, we are in a better place with paraeducators this year, if you believe it or not, than last year. Um, but we still have vast um, openings in that area. Well, I have to believe food service and is is all about wages. Uh, a lot of it's a lot about, about wages. Um, when you can work at Target for $25 an hour, um, you know, versus being a para starting at $15 an hour. And by the way, Target is a big partner of ours, and I hear from them how hard it is for them to get mm-hmm. employees. So, you know, people need to understand, too, you know, the wage isn't the only thing that comes as a benefit to working for the Nashville School District. Mm-hmm. You know, there are benefits, paid time off, uh, sick time. You can buy into our health insurance, um, things like that. So there are other parts to it, but your other benefits don't pay your bills, right? Right. right. So filling those positions, and we're even having issues filling our teaching positions, which is another whole big can of worms that, you know, we're fortunate in Nashville. We filled almost all of our teaching positions. My colleagues in other parts of the state and around the country are not so lucky um, as filling um, their positions. And I think part of that has to do with the um, the contract we signed in the end of you know mid-spring last year. Um, we do have a lot of great things to offer as a district. So, you know, I don't think this problem of finding people to work in education is going away. I think it's going to, you know, get worse. And, you know, we're working internally and externally on how to address that problem. Um, Well, I know other parts of the country have actually reduced the requirements to become a teacher to the point where credentialing and, and, uh, you know, the amount of education you need is, has been really um, put on the table yeah. as something to talk about. That's like a first in my lifetime. And I'm, I'm not superly, super excited about that idea either. You know, I spent four years at Keene State College, got my bachelor's degree and certified, and I have a master's in education as well. Um, yes, we have alternative pathways if you've been in industry and have enough credits or degree, you can take an alt four and alt five certification path for, you know, and you have three years to get your actual certification um, if you follow that route with a statement of eligibility. But some of the things that they're doing in other parts of the country, you know, you're not, warm bodies are not the answer to the teaching shortage. Right. You're going to be able to have classroom management. You're going to be able to teach your curriculum and have a fundamental understanding of your curriculum. You know, and that's why you being people in from industry, typically we see sometimes in engineering or automotive, you know, they can take their craft and direct it to kids in those settings. And we've even seen in, in chemistry and some of the sciences, but they know their their stuff, whether it's automotive, engineering, sciences, math, they know the material and then how to apply it. Right. Whereas some of these places are just bringing in any, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry off the side of the road with a pulse and be like, all right, teach fifth grade. Well, yeah. as a fifth grade teacher, you know, I had to know science, social studies, language arts, writing, and 
math curriculum for all those and be a master at my craft in order to and that's on top of you know what kids bring every day so yeah i mean i think there's a big difference between i mean it's two things right it's knowing what to teach and knowing how to teach right now, i saw that with my own father he was uh he was a teacher um came out of industry he taught at the college level but he mm-hmm. went back and got an education degree a master's in education because he realized very quickly he didn't have to but he realized very quickly he knew all of the material and had very little skill set in how to deliver it in an effective way for his students right and you know we're fortunate in nashua we have um, a great program set up if you're going the alternative route on how we coach you on those things um not everyone has that um so those are things that we can build upon. Um, I spent a lot of last year in Washington at AFT um, on the Teacher and School Staff Shortage Task Force Committee, mm-hmm. um, where we looked at solutions to address this problem. In um, you know, money is always a thing and benefits, right? But the public needs to. There's a lack of respect right now for the education field. We get blamed for everything no matter what happens, right? You know, the sky could be blue right now, but now it's cloudy over the old TD Bank. I saw a pot- and that's my fault. I saw a pothole on, on uh, Kinsley Street, Adam. Yes. Are you going to go fix that this afternoon? I actually dug that myself. <laughs> so these are the th- like. Yeah, of course. We don't have – why yeah. would people go into it without yeah. the support when, you know, you can go in back into industry – um, you know, it's a there's there's a lack of um, just general respect in a lot of places. It's not just education, um, and you know that's one of the big things that came out of this. Um, the other thing is um, the amount of debt that you come out of school with, and your starting pay. You know, yeah. Our salary starting pay as a bachelor's degree doesn't hit fifty thousand to start yet. You have to get eight years before you hit. 50,000. We are always and have been significantly below our colleagues that have a similar level of of um, education. And, you know, I don't understand that part of it other than that's just how it's always been. And that doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. Right. No, absolutely. I, I understand that. Now, you mentioned the AFT. So the Nashua Teachers Union is part of the American Federation of Teachers. Yes. As, as I think it's the second largest um, teaching union in the country. Is that yes, right? Yes, right. Yeah, behind the NEA. And you're affiliated with the AFL-CIO? Yes. So AFT also, at an, on a national level, has some initiatives. I want to make sure people knew about yes. that, too. Yeah, one of the big ones that we actually have participated in twice now um, is Reading Opens the, the World. Um, and AFT committed to put a million free books in kids' hands um, over the course of the school year. And we, half of those came to Nashua. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so actually, we were one of the groups. We started, um, had one last December before the actual kickoff happened in January at Elm Street during a vaccine clinic. And then um, this school year, to start the school year at the uh, Nashua Goes Back to School, we handed about 4,000 books to kids in their families, um, courtesy of AFT and First Book. And we actually had our national president, Randy Weingarten, 
there passing out books, and I know you got to talk with I her. I did. It a was really bit. pretty great. Um, so that's you know, people hear union and they go yuck, and well, some people, and you know, sure if that's your opinion, but whereas there's a lot more right. to us than um, you know our contract. Yeah, I appreciate that, Adam. So you guys are great community partners, and. You know, uh, I wanted to express my appreciation for that. United Way is a great partner with the um, NTU, and you guys also do a lot of volunteering with us, and uh, so we appreciate that. Well, thank you, and I'm I'm surprised you didn't try to hit me up for money today. I didn't try to hit you up for money, <laughs> but early. I but I did want to mention. Well, I wouldn't do that because I understand your son Anthony is learning how to drive. He is. So he's I, in driver's head. Please uh, so send help. I know how that goes. <laughs> I really do. Everybody, watch out. Adam Marku from the Nashua Teachers Union. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Mike. What's your website? Uh, www.nashuatu.org. Nashuatu.org. And uh, you can learn more there and uh, about some of the great initiatives being uh, uh, checked. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter as well. That's where the live stuff happens a lot. But don't follow Adam himself on Facebook, especially when it's a Sunday and it's a football day, because that will annoy the heck out of you. <laughs> so listen, you've been listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We will not be back next Monday because it is Indigenous Peoples Day, and I'm going to be actually taking the day off to uh, play with the grandbaby. However, we will be back in two weeks with some more great interviews until that time, please remember to be kind to one another because great things really do happen when we live united. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The Supreme Court is beginning a new term saying the public is welcome back to the courtroom to hear arguments for the first time since Roe was overturned. Monday session also is the first time